Remember when the noise were a thing? The noise? Yeah, remember like the blobs that we fought for like an episode? Uh, they were in the first three episodes. That's, that's oh right, thing. those things. I thought you meant hearing clapping sounds over Discord for a second. No, yeah, I meant, me too. I, meant I was like, the wait, non-existent, what? the non-existent antagonist. Well, I mean, they thought they were antagonists. I'm not entirely sure they ever actually were. Yeah, they were just like space pests. Which is kind of horrifying. <laughs> a little bit. They they were like space Roombas. <laughs> oh up. god. Pi Pi's sitting on the Roomba and like just riding it around the room as he eats his watermelon this episode is very cute. Yeah, that that was a good introduction. Like Pi Pi keeps going on about being a leader and being the one in charge, and I'm like, are you really? I I you've not done anything. <laughs> It is true that he has done nothing. He just kind of stands around and bitches at people. Which really, isn't that what being a boss is? <laughs> Sometimes, yes. Hello, and welcome to Journey Through the Decacast, a Camarado retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I am Shin Garrett. I'm Evan. And I'm Chris. And we've done it. We have successfully acquired the whole team to talk about Gotcha Man. <laughs> Holy crap, is this the first time we are all on the same episode talking about Gotcha Man? I think um, so. We, I, th- it, yeah. I mean, I thought maybe the first episode we did. No, no, we definitely did. No, I missed the first one. This I, is the first time all of us have been here to talk about yeah. Gotcha Man crowds. Cool. That's a good show. Yeah, and I missed the last two because uh, lots of reasons that are awful. Life happens. Uh, yeah. How was being trapped in the gondola last week? <laughs> that was uh, pretty... I mean, I was a little nervous until... A uh, weird giant eyeball made out of a soul came and helped us. I don't think you get to see that though, because that's that's within the amnesia effect. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Actually, yeah, yeah that's maybe I have secret Gotchman powers I don't know about. That's uh, why I saw it. That maybe is a, that is a weird question. It's like, okay, so we've got these things, but like, do, how do? Okay, see. So only people gotchaman can see them so they are people's souls or uh the the crowds yeah i think the crowds is just specifically ruri's weird note power that i assume someone's gonna talk more about in the future i mean he he basically said what it is it's like he he has the ability to give people the power to project their souls into these okay like 
powerful bodies that they can do stuff with. And apparently they use Galax to do it. To Somehow. some degree. Oh, Galax, again, Galax is controlled by X, which is his notebook, so... Oh, it's... X is the actual notebook? Well, kinda. Yeah, I mean, it's that, created by his notebook. That's new knowledge to me. It's like an extension of him. Like, it doesn't... I don't think it exists without him being there to maintain it, is the idea. Huh, okay. Huh. I mean, I, I don't think he just... He didn't just, like, write an... He didn't write an AI, like, a super intelligent AI out of nowhere, like... And I so mean... Kind of... Kind of modern technology levels here, so, like, that's beyond what people can do at the, at the moment. Yeah. I mean, but anime has taught me if you're a teenage prodigy, you can totally write AIs. <laughs> Does that mean anime is lying to me? What... You know, it's one of the the moments in Gundam Seed that's actually good that they they occasionally reference that Kira like has to reprogram his Gundam like on the fly because it like the way it moves is based off this funky operating system. Yeah, and like doesn't the account first, for lots of things. So and Kira like the runs first... his Gundam on Linux. Yes. <laughs> well, so okay, it, it's technically like a pseudo like coordinator racism thing too, where just humans suck it. Uh, computer engineering, so Kira just has to fix it immediately. Humans suck at computer engineering. Yeah, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. No, it's the thing. <laughs> it, it's the thing with the coordinators because they're genetically engineered to just be like better what or they, whatever. What do they call non-coordinators in Seed? Don't, I don't, don't they have a? Don't they have like a slur thing for non-coordinators? I don't remember. And like, I like Seed, so like, I feel like I should know. Man, but... I don't know why. You don't know why I like Seed? Yeah. I mean, I like bad things. I don't, okay, seed is that, bad, that's true. That is a good enough reason. I uh, mean, I'm surprised, like, I'm surprised, like, you take that at Seed, because, like, I, I just continues on, like, I think Destiny's pretty fine, too. I, I, I do not think that Destiny is substantially worse than the original Seed. I think they are pretty much the exact same quality level. I forgot that the second season was called Destiny, and my brain went, why are you talking about a video game all of a sudden? We should probably talk about Kamen Rider, though. But we're well, talking we're about Gotcha Man, about so we're not. Today. True. Wow. We should talk about Gotcha Man, then. True, true. Really, really took a turn there. Okay, so basically, so what we opened this episode. What happened at the end of the previous one? Wasn't it? Uh, uh I think Rory had a mental breakdown when yeah, cats yeah. murdered some people. Yeah, Burkotts took over that one lady's form and then like ran a car into a bunch of people, and Rory was like, "Fuck, this is all my fault." I mean, no, it's not Rory, but okay. Well, I don't know. The way that Rory reacts kind of made me think that like. They think that bird cats wouldn't have power unless Rui gave them a foothold. That which... doesn't make sense. I mean, it only exists in people's minds. Like it, like bird cats doesn't have, like it doesn't do anything unless uh, until it takes someone over. What? Yeah, like I mean, like it doesn't do anything until it takes someone else's like physical form. I assume you noticed that. What? No, no, because fucking like like Joe, 
fought Bert Katz when he wasn't when they weren't in a form. Well, right, but he's a gotcha man, so like that's that's a little different. You mean like the first the first thing in this universe you would then apply this to is conveniently an exception to this rule you just came up with? <laughs> I, that's just how he. That's just how Birdcats acts. Like he just, they just don't like really mess with things except through like uh, you know t- like taking over people and stuff. Huh. And that's how they. T- that's how the other characters talk about him too. Like he. Uh, I think it was in last episode when Pi Pi and D.O.D. have that conversation where they are, they've clearly run into this guy before. They know what he, they know what his deal is. And like, Pi Pi has his whole thing where he's like, he's basically blown up every planet he's ever been on and barely had to lift a finger because he just makes the people who are already there do it. Huh. Okay. Yes. That he, yeah, he definitely said that in episode four. I forgot. Yeah, watch it. Loves watching the planet's inhabitants destroy each other. Huh. I mean... And Odie blames himself for not having defeated him previously. I mean, I I guess. I don't necessarily think... I Like, I don't read it particularly that way. I don't... I don't think cats can, like, not interview with things without taking over a body. I just think they choose to. Okay, well, maybe... That I mean, that might be the case, but I I think that's pretty clearly the idea here is that Birdcats is not threatening because he's a like he's a physical fighter, like Birdcats is threatening because it turns people against each other. Right. Yeah. No, I get that, but like also just fought Joe as a physical thing that is threatening. Yeah, it's true. It did also kick Joe's ass, but that's not, like, the really scary thing about it. I understand that that's not the scary part, but it's nothing to underplay, either. I I mean, I, I think, uh, well, okay, just, like, the they're not going to solve this problem with a big superhero fight. <laughs> like, that's just not how it's going to turn out. No, Sadly. I understand we're not going to solve the show with a big superhero fight, because we barely have any superhero fights in this show. There are going to be some more, but, like, that's not going to be what what fixes the problem. <laughs> yeah, not really. The power of friendship is what's going to fix the problem. <laughs> the power of Hajime being the only correct character in the show is going to fix I the mean, problem. I mean, also that. Which probably ends up being the power of friendship. Like I mean, it's, it's probably just, like, the correct version of what Ruri wants. Yeah, it's kind of amazing how wrong everybody except Hajime is. Yeah, well, the other Gachaman characters are think like traditional superheroes is the idea. So. Yeah, that's true. Because we have that discussion at the very beginning. Well, we have to stay hidden. But why? Because those are the rules. But who wrote the rules? But But why do you have to be hidden when the amnesia effect hides you? And also, what are you saying that when something really, really bad happens and it would require us exposing ourselves, we can't do it. That's stupid. That's not what heroes do. I do really, yeah, okay, this is uh, the line that Hajime has in the episode where she's like, what if the planet exploded in a giant wave of huge fucking lava and everyone died? <laughs> we would do something then, right? Pi <laughs> Pi is just like, shut up. Pi Pi is like, I don't, I don't have an actual ant. I cannot... Comp- do, I do not have a good argument 
I guess I'm just going to change the subject. <laughs> Papa's just like, okay. maybe, and let's just like tosses their hands up like the meme. Pretty much. The, yeah. I, the I guess meme. Also right in here is when he, I hope Fletch kept all of our talk about whether PyFi has pants or not. <laughs> was he that just like, pulls his notebook out of his pants. In. Did we start recording it? <gasps> I don't, I thought we had. Yeah. Wait, I'm what? I'm pretty sure we had. I, I, oh, oh, I man, I thought Evan said like, have we started recording like in general? And I'm no, like, it's... have we just talked for like 20 minutes without recording? <laughs> no, it's, it's had we started recording when we were talking about whether or not Pi Pi is wearing pants or just has a weird flesh kangaroo pocket. Evan, w- what side are you on, by the way? I think it's a weird alien flesh pocket. Okay, so so it's two against one. Because it's like... I think I'm just going to, like... Ref- I, I think I'm going to refrain from voting, honestly. <laughs> That's probably the better idea. It's it, it's no, it's a thing of like Pi Pi is very obviously an alien. Why would they wear clothes? It's funnier if it's like either pan- if it's totally ambiguous whether it's pants or a weird flesh. Yeah, like that. That's an amusing thing. It's like, is it is it pants? Does Pi Pi wear? Pa- would Pi Pi wear pants? Does Pi Pi <laughs> understand the concept of clothes? I don't know. You're never gonna know. <laughs> Pi Pi is a weird fucking panda thing. <laughs> Also, uh, he has, in the opening scene in this episode, he has a little panda-colored and themed chair that he sits on to yep. eat watermelon. Totally not a panda. Mm-mm. Hates pandas. He loves Hates pandas. pandas. This Pi-Pi, come on, dude. Yeah, so the start of this episode is Hajime being correct about how superhero power should work. Right. Yeah, she's like, why, why don't we tell people who we are? They're like, wait, we can't do that because uh, we're just... Just because we can. Here, here, she's me, like, but wait like... a minute, hold on. That bad gotcha man is doing stuff, and they're not trying to hide what they do. Why do we have to? Because, uh, because. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you can basically frame this episode in three parts. You have this part with Hajime questioning things in the beginning. You have this really big middle chunk with Rory. And Rory talking to a crowds person and both of them being wrong. And then you have like this end part where it kind of reinforces Hajime being right. And then Rory is forced into action. It's it's right. kind of amazing to me exactly like how wrong these people are when they're talking to each other. Like, the uh, oh, he's no, he, 26. That's who it is. 26 has this entire thing about wanting recognition and, oh, he's not actually listening to what Ruri is saying. He is making assumptions based on, he's like, no, that's not what you actually feel. You actually agree with me. You're just not saying it because... uh, See, this one, I, I don't know. It didn't strike me as right and wrong so much as, like, this one reminded me a lot of... Well, like, I don't think it's see... right and wrong. It's wrong and more wrong. <laughs> I was thinking about it in terms of like when you like um like cyberpunk literature. You see them like talk about the idea of like when the internet was invented, it was like aspirational. The idea that like we could just share things and no one would need to be compensated and it would just be like 
something for everybody and no one would really need to have anything it it doesn't need to belong to anyone so like i mean that idea is fine but i think where rory's reasoning falls apart is rory cannot force people to act the way rory wants them to act that's the problem well in this case rory can because he controls the power but Uh, whatever but (laughs) i mean morally he doesn't want to morally he wants people to make that choice to be altruistic but rory's trying to force the choice to be made that way yeah it's it's not like there's still like this this like this chess game behind it rory definitely feels like it's they they want people to act a certain way and expect people are going to act a certain way because that's what i want and i would act that way and why would anyone act differently than me yeah, I I don't think that makes I don't think that makes Rory like wrong to like have this idea that you know people are inherently good. I think it makes them a little naive. Yeah, but, it's but... it. Rory's not wrong. Just that is a wonderful ideal to have, and working towards that ideal is great. But even by Rory's own admission, the world isn't there yet. Right. Right. So you can't assume, and I guess... We and that's, also why have... it, that's why it made me think of, like, cyberpunk stuff so much, because of that, that conversation about how the early days of, like, the aspirational universalism, like, very quickly devolved into rent-seeking and the desire to own the internet... And on the part of individuals, but then those individuals started working for companies like Google and Facebook. And now that dream is dead. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't know. I still think Rory's just wrong because Rory, in the end, still wants to forcibly change people. And, like, that's, like, indirectly, like, the opposite of her, of their goal. Yeah, it's... it And it... it Doing doing it Rory's way, it would it would never stick. Like yeah. forcing people into that change by not by threats, but by the thing of I'm the one that can give you the power to do this, and I can take it away. Like that, that's just it doesn't they, work. You're they te- want to be the good dictator. Yeah, you're teaching I mean, the he, wrong lesson. He doesn't he doesn't take away twenty uh, six's power to use the crowds until. After he's had a whole conversation with him, and 26 basically said, fuck you, you're an idiot to his face. Yeah. Like, he really didn't want to do that. No, he gave a big impassioned speech <laughs> that I'm sitting there going, this is... Rory, you're you're spouting a lot of idealism to a person that literally just said, your idealism is shit and it's stupid. I'm not sure what Rory expected to happen. Well... I mean, like he's like you said, he think he assumes people are gonna act well, like they're gonna do good things. And yeah, like, that's well, true. Not this time. A uh, Ru- Rui screen name. Rui apparently has a screen name in the Galaxy universe called where he calls himself Load, which is um okay. <laughs> that's that sure is a name, Rui. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like I think you meant progress, but. Uh, we use that word a lot more to mean jizz now. Uh, 
I'm not even thinking, like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, I understand the concept of, like, loading and, like, loading ready run and things like that. Um, if your guys' mind's in the gutter, I mean, that's that's <laughs> Oh, hey, me. well, fine. Yeah, no, I, I am very much a pervert, but it's, like, a thing of, like, mm. even even if it's, you know, even, yeah, no, the, the idea of, like, loading a system and everything, it's, like, hmm. You're not wrong. It's just a bad name. Oh yeah, it's a dumb name. It's it's it's, it's a dumb <laughs> it name. It's kind of a bad screen. It's name, not good. Yeah. Also, like I want like somehow like the verbal equivalent of like this is a hentai free podcast. <laughs> like like the hentai free website images. <laughs> you get a piece. I don't know if that's accurate to all the conversations we've had in the past. Not really. No, it's fine. This is totally a PG podcast. <laughs> Considering that we how much we've cursed, no, it's not. I mean, uh, we I we don't check the explicit tag. True. I should actually check to make sure that's also, true. Also, I, I think you might be being a little harsh on Rui, considering that they were clearly very shaken by that whole car wreck thing that just happened. Yeah, that's true. That it's... they couldn't do anything about it's also a thing of like, okay, Ruri, it's have have your ideals really never been have you never really had your ideals tested? I mean they're like fourteen or fifteen, right? So maybe not. Yeah, Is I it, guess. I thought they were like sixteen, because Hajime's sixteen. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're they're like mid teens. But it just feels like you'd think Ruri's eighteen in the first season and nineteen in Insight. Okay. They look good, so I clearly was like, they're probably younger than that. <laughs> it's just, you'd think... Well, no, yeah, okay, if they're that young then you, and are just going into it now, I, yeah, I guess I can see that her their ideals have never really been tested, and now that it's being tested, it's like, oh, oh, this is hard. It's depressing, too. Oh, yeah, the scene is introduced when X uh, says to Rui, like, Rui, you haven't moved for two hours. Are you okay? Yeah. And I have to say, after coronavirus year, I was definitely feeling a little attacked there. Like, I mean, X, haven't we all been there? <laughs> yeah, it, mm, I get the feeling that Rui might be dealing with some levels of depression. Cause, mm. I, I feel like everybody is dealing with some level of depression. That is hot take. <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. That like every single character in this show, except for Hajime, um, is dealing with the the world not living up to their expectations or what they want in different ways. And I just some... meant like general in like in oh. like real life. Okay, well, yes. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I guess you might also be onto the show. something that it's happening to most of the characters in the show too, except for Samurai Kid because he's just a jerk. Well, <laughs> he just wants to I, project onto I, everyone. I, he's I, not a I, jerk. He's just idealistic in like a different way than Rory. In a dumb, worse way. I I get the feeling with Subaru that there Subaru's is Subaru's not hurting anybody. No, it's not. It's, I think there is something going on there that is causing him to be so fervently like, no, this is the way it has to be. Like, either something happened or just something is going on in there. It feels like something is going on in his personal life that is causing him to act this way. 
Um, uh, right. Well, I mean, they, I think they reference it in this episode that he was, like, saved in some way by Joe, so he's got this, that's why he has this strong hero ideal. And then Joe's just standing there like, nah, heroes are dumb. I think, I think we're all just Joe. <laughs> yeah. Joe is a very relatable character, yeah. It's the fucking thing of like, nah, I get, the world's kind of shit, isn't it? And there's really not much you can do about it. Ugh. And we're all just like, yeah, you're telling also, it the like way it that, is, Joe. Also, the way that OD covers up clearly a lot of, like, self-hatred by, like, trying to be peppy and happy all the time. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. Is, yeah, no I, I do actually think I'm onto something here. It's like every single character in this, except for the main character, and possibly the villain, is dealing with some level of, not mental illness, but, like, depression. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. Like, I think that's that's a little bit of the idea is that, like, when someone puts the pressure of, like, having that much power on themselves, the the responsibility makes it bad for you. Yep. It's not a good play. It's not a good jam. Well, a- after the Brewie and this dude uh, go through the whole conversation that they're having, uh... We do cut away to see the dude, the dude like he was, uh, like watching his daughter play on a playground. His daughter looks exactly like a baby Hajime. Yeah, it's. It, you said there, there's probably some reason for it, and I'm like, you're probably right, and I'm interested to see what it is because it's like, the way they're portraying this guy, it feels like either he's going to be, I, I feels like he's going to be the antagonist in the second season. Um, I. Th- Thing, I'm trying to remember. He might be Bergkatz's end to, like, infect the hundred or something. That would make sense. Feel that dissatisfaction, and then Bergkatz just goes, comes in and is like, Hey! I won't fix anything, but I'll trick you into thinking I can. <laughs> right. Hey, right. I heard you like crowds. What if I just gave you a crowd you can use? Yeah, what if I just gave you the power that uh, Rui took away from you? Yeah, in the context of this episode, it goes from the scene of him being a huge dick to Rui, who is, like, genuinely just trying to help people, to giving him this, like, humanizing scene of him hugging his daughter and stuff, so. Yeah, it's... Like, he's not a monster. No. He's just, like, being a dick. And, like, I don't... I don't know if this is true, but the feeling I got with it is... He's with his daughter, and it's very much, oh, it's a dad... I could see him wanting the recognition to, like, be able to afford better things for his daughter. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah, like, by humanizing, I mean, I think the idea... Because he makes all these arguments about, like, uh, you know, we want recognition for the good things we do. And, like, he doesn't... He does genuinely want to make the world better in the same way that Rui does. And, like, I think showing his daughter is a big... uh, like a uh, tip to that he's not like inherently a bad person or anything no just maybe a little greedy it doesn't make them less wrong no it doesn't yeah he, i still think he's very wrong but yeah okay so after that Rui's like walking down the street and Birdcats starts taunting them about uh a fictitious a fictional earthquake i think I don't yeah. think this earthquake actually happened. No, well, I then don't. what what caused the collapse? 
I I think the tunnel collapse might be independent of this fake earthquake. I, that's all. That's fair. It's just it is it is the this is the Deus Ex Machina of hey you know that thing you were worrying about well guess what here I it mean, is tun- yeah tunnel collapses do happen but like if if there's if this giant earthquake that Birdcats is being like oh no an earthquake it's causing huge tsunamis and killing everyone buildings are falling down everywhere use the crowds or use the crowds like that's not happening or they would be dealing with that for the rest of the episode. Yeah, it's just. Eh. It, it is also... a little. It is kind of weird how it's ambiguous whether that's actually happening or not. I'll, I will agree with that. I also just don't understand about, like, Rory's hesitation to use crowds and stuff. Yeah, because, like, okay, so was crowds given by bird cats or was it just the? I think it's an idea that Rui came up with. Yeah, but it's okay. So Birdcats just gave Rui their note, but also, does does I I don't understand Rui's points. It's like okay, so you want it to be humans changing for the better in just general, but you're not willing to use the things you have available to do it. I don't. Well. Okay, so in everything we've seen from Rory's perspective so far, like giving people an in like the ability to just physically do more has not like it's been okay, but it's not really improving anything on like a social level. That's true. It's which is yeah, that's fa- like you can try and fix it, but if you don't have the actual like you, you can't just give a person a thing and like here this will make your life better and not try and change their thoughts because it doesn't right. work like that people are gonna yeah. be selfish like this is another one of the ideas that 26 throws out when they're having their conversation of he's like why don't we use the crowds to remove corrupt politicians destroy companies that break the law uh, and then he throws in like kill law, kill criminals, and I'm like, whoa, we really escalated there. But okay. it does escalate super weird. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I just feel like there's a lot of context missing with like Rory and like their hesitance to use note power stuff. It it feels like something happened that we haven't seen. Yeah, it seems like something was established, and we're just not privy to what was established about it. I I don't think so i i mean the idea is is that Rui has known and known about and seen the results of every time bird cats has gone off and like killed someone or severely injured someone but like what does that have to do with using the crowd stuff because it, it's about how like having people with superpowers is not like good anyone could flip out at any time and like kill a bunch of people but but like even when they used the crowds, it was Rory that used it anyway, so I don't like I don't follow the train of logic. I get the feeling that Rory Rory is coming up to the point of like they have conflicting things and may not be being entirely truthful to themselves. Yeah, I mean I think the idea is what's going on in Rory's head is like he knows that Burkotz is like super evil and he never should have made this deal to 
get these superpowers from him, but now he's at a point where he doesn't really know if he can walk it back. I mean, was it really a deal that was made, or did Birdcats just kind of pull a note out of Rory? Yeah, just show up and go, here you go! Use this! Uh, I don't know, maybe. I mean, like, JJ says that, uh, or said that it's like the power of your soul. Presumably you wouldn't be able to use it unless you were willing to use it. JJ just kind of did it to uh, Hajime without saying anything. It just happened. Right, but Hajime is extremely willing to use that. <laughs> That's true. I think it's like an internal thing. Or maybe JJ yeah, no. is just better at it. It's true. I mean, he probably is... He's, uh, you know, more willing to pick out people who are going to be measured in their actions. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. It's like... It's a very weird thing where not much actually happens in the show like i was watching for 30 minutes and i'm like okay we've had maybe i don't know three major scenes and they're all just kind of little self-contained things there's a lot of talking yeah it's weird i like it but it feels weird yeah like it's it's a fine it's a good show i just also feel like this show has the premise for like 15 other shows (laughs) yeah like like, I do I feel, kind of agree, yeah. <laughs> I feel like every time I'm like, okay, so this is what the show's gonna do. It's just like, nope, we're just gonna resolve that and move along. That's how, like, Sea like, uh, Control felt a lot like that to me, too. Like, it had enough material for, like, 50 episodes, and they just do it in 13. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of things here. Like, the noise is, like, the obvious one, but, like, there's a lot of just, like, stuff in these conversations that, like come by just like in a passing glance and just like we're leaving this and moving on can we, can we go back to that please <laughs> nope just gotta there's there's no time <laughs> we uh gotta get through this quick apparently there's only 12 episodes what a, well, yeah, what about I mean, the second season no that what no shush they i'm almost certain they didn't know that they were gonna get to do that <laughs> Well, wasn't there also the there's also the thing where like isn't there a thirteen episode and that's an OVA and episode twelve is really just the first half of the OVA? Uh, they had to cut a bunch of stuff from the last episode and then they released a director's cut later on. Okay, so yeah, kind of an end of Evangelion situation, I guess. I mean, I haven't watched Eva in like years. Don't I? I feel like every time Eva comes up. I'm just like, yeah, the last time I watched it, I was in high school, and I watched it in, like, a day. It's That's an extremely weird experience, but, yeah. To, yes, it is a weird experience to watch that Ava was in the a day. First time, I think the first time I watched Ava, I watched it in about two days when I was, like, 16. But I watched it, a bu- I have watched it about once a year since then. I have, like, 26 episodes in a day is a lot. Yes, it is. That is a whole day of TV watching with nothing else. I mean, I, I did a lot of that back when. Like, I watched all of, like, Dot Hack Sign in, like, a day. Well, it's, <laughs> man, just do not have the time to do that shit anymore. Or the stamina, really. Because it's like, I think about it, and I'm like, okay, so when I was young, I was able to do this, 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 and this, and this. And I think, okay, how, why was I able to do that? Oh, right, because other than school and doing homework, you had so much fucking time for yourself. Yeah, I wish I had time. There's a little bit in here, uh, after Birdcats taunts, uh, Ruri on the street, 
there's a short scene of JJ. He flies these two little birds. One of them is pure white and one is like yellow with a bunch of weird color splotches on it. Uh, those are Rui and Birdcats in case uh, the symbolism. I, I didn't get it. Oh, okay. uh, I actually thought the other one was going to be Hajime and like Hajime was then going to meet with Rui, which is going to like the put into thrust like this whole thing oh. with that. No, no, the pure white bird is Rui, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, yeah, I thought the other one was Hajime, though. Oh, yeah, that would kind of make sense, because it's, it would fit with her aesthetics, her collage aesthetic, but, uh, no, it's, I'm pretty sure it's, uh, bird cats in this case, because it's like chasing it, chasing the other bird. Because I assume at some point there's going to be, like, this metaphorical thing that goes on between Ruri and Hajime, where Hajime is just right. And Rory's like, but no, and then Rory will come to accept that Hajime is actually right and change ha- their ways. Yeah. And- I mean, Hajime and Rui are actually going to be, like, the main relationship for the second half of the show. Yeah, I definitely figured that much. Yeah, Rory's got a good clothing aesthetic, though. Yeah, they, 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 they got that do going for him. Style. Like, uh, except, like, except, like, the regular clothing with, like, the blue jacket thing. Not a fan of that. I mean, that's just sitting around the house clothes. Yeah, like, the house clothes are lame. All, At the like, end of the... the episode, when Rui shows up with the crowds in the tunnel, like, that is an extremely cool look. It's a good look. Even, like, the even like the uniform when Katz is, like, tormenting them is, like, also a good choice. Yeah, it's it's basic, but it looks cute. But yeah, I mean, we've, we've already established, like, I'm a fan of the Cheryl Gnome outfit. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I guess it is kind of a show on my love. You say that every time I bring it up. <laughs> I, I'm just like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've talked. I've been on an episode with you about this show. I guess uh, that's also fair. I don't know. I guess I just always have Macross on the mind. I mean, <laughs> it's a good show to have on the mind. Uh, hashtag fuck Harmony Gold. Yeah, nah, fuck um, Harmony Gold. Yeah. Yeah, they suck. Man, it'd be great if we got a release of Delta, which was like a really good Macross show. Oh, Delta's so good. A lot of good music, too. Like, I like I think Delta is just like they did a retake of Frontier and, like, I think did it better. Frontier was really good, though. I, But, like, oh, man, I can't remember her name. Um, But, like, the Ronka analog in Delta is just so much better of a character. Freya, that's her name. Oh, Okay. Freya is I just thought, like a better Ranka. I thought Freya was like the Cheryl analog because she like did stuff. She like did more things. Uh, I think like more aesthetically and like in like the love triangle idea, like Freya plays more towards the Ranka side. I mean, technically Mirage plays like the Cheryl side, which is weird because she's like a pilot, but we're yeah, neither here nor there. It just makes it not really point. analogous at all. Well, okay. I, I didn't say, like, the rest were analogous. I just said Freya was analogous to Ranka. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I uh, suppose the rest, so. Okay, well, after after the bit with JJ, we cut over to the the uh, characters we'll be spending the rest of the episode with. It is another meeting of the uh, col- uh, Collage Club. They're taking a bus trip this time. Yeah. Also, like, there's the thing where, like, everybody got a thing in their notes that talks about, like the white something and like broken human um that's Rory, by the way yeah yeah jj sent them a weird poem about what's gonna happen so 
as as JJ is wont to do. <laughs> That's what he does. It's his job to send them weird poems about their superhero fights. Is JJ just like in like the like the mastermind? I can't think of like the comic book character I want to analog to, but like the character that like can't directly interfere with things, but has to like use other people instead. Oh, the Watcher, you mean? Kind of. It's JJ like, is just Uatu the Watcher. But, like, <laughs> better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he clearly has a positive agenda and, like, does things to help the people who want to do good stuff. So, not exactly like Uatu. Not exactly, yeah. but close Cause enough. Because, like, like, JJ's, like, actually doing a decent job. I was th- I think of JJ as more of having the Barbara Gordon role. Of they're, they're, like, they're, like, the dispatcher for everyone else. The what role? The Barbara Gordon role. Back when she couldn't walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when she was Oracle. I, I, I followed. Wait, she got better? Yeah, it's comics. Yeah, that happened like seven years ago now. Shit. Was that at Flashpoint then? That sounds like uh, a Flashpoint thing. Yeah, I think it was a post-Flashpoint thing. where they, they, uh, they said that she still had the same backstory, except she got better from the shot spying thing. Yeah, that sounds like a Flashpoint thing. Yeah, because Flashpoint was stupid. Uh, that's what I've heard. It was it was bad. It's bizarre to me that DC has decided to adapt it multiple times. I didn't know they've adapted it multiple times. Why would? You uh, I mean, they did a show of it, and like, well, okay, they 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 did a movie of it, then they adapted it into the CW shows, and people keep speculating that it's gonna be what ties the rest of the movies together. Wait, um, wait, they they did a Flashpoint in CW Flash. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh man, that sounds like a train wreck. <laughs> I people really like that show. I mean, I want to give it the benefit of the doubt. I watched the first couple episodes, and it I mean, really, I really I, didn't like how it was scripted. But you know. I watched like the first couple of se- seasons of The Flash, and I've watched like eight seasons of Arrow. Like CW shows are bad, but like they're really entertaining. I I could not put up with Arrow. It was it, not for me. It's I, so weird, because, like, I love the DC characters so much more than the Marvel characters. Could you just not but... handle, like, the teen angst edge? <laughs> like, in the first episode, his, like, his girlfriend... No, wait, is it his sister? It's his sister or his girlfriend who's like, I, lo- I liked you better when you were dead. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> that is, like, the most ridiculously mean thing that you could say to somebody. Man, I don't know how to feel I... about Arrow, because in it... He's Ollie isn't like oppressively communist, so I'm like, mm, I don't. F- I was mm. also weirded out by how not a, a socialist he was. So, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, socialist, not communist. I should say. But I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. He gets better. Does he? Yeah, I've watched like eight seasons. I can say this with confidence. Jeez, that gets... is so much show. That's I, so I'm not even sure if it's eight seasons. It's probably less, but I feel like it's eight seasons. How many seasons was the CW Arrow show? Oh, it was eight exactly. So I didn't watch eight seasons, but I've definitely watched like at least four. Speaking of absurdly mean things to say to people, as we go in this bus trip, there's a bit where there are two women sitting next to the mayor and fire chief 
that just like start ripping into each other in a really mean way. Yeah, it. I also think it's like oddly sexist. Yeah, it it definitely felt like oh look at these women having a cat fight, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, because the one girl does like makes like a little paper fighter jet to put on her like collage thingy. And then the other girl's like, yeah, that's stupid. It should be more kid-friendly. She's like, you know what? You suck at stuff. This is because you're a cop. <laughs> and the other lady yeah, the, is like, like, oh, this like is a... why your husband doesn't like you. She's like, <laughs> she back, at least I am married. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much for them to be like, oh boy, you're real dumb, and here are the... The, the standard woman things that should be talked about. Yeah. <laughs> it was just really, like, just mean out of nowhere. Very much so. I don't know. It's, this show is good, but it's fucking weird sometimes. <laughs> there is a, a little scene where Joe uh, gives Subaru some shit about being a dork. Yeah. And it- is that a sword on your book? Yeah, he put a little samurai katana on his collage book. Suguru, do you like swords? No, shut up! Suguru, you like swords, don't you? No! Stop! And then, like, and then, like, all the other women are like, oh, Joe, you're so cool. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, a couple other girls who are like, Joe, you're so good at this. You're so cool. You're so cool when you're talking and being kind of, you're, you're teasing this boy. Clearly, he's supposed to be sexy in universe. Yeah, yeah I think th- I think that's been like implied multiple times at this point. Yeah, yeah. no, it, Joe. It's, when women are in around Joe, their reaction is, "Oh man, look at him, he's so hot." <laughs> Which is funny because he's he's the phoenix. Yeah, man, I didn't <laughs> even fucking make that joke on purpose. God damn it. Uh, Utsutsu makes a little uh, paper, uh, a little origami frog, which is is cute. I like yeah, it's it, Utsutsu is it's just kind of sitting there staring at the paper that Hajime had given her an episode go. And then yeah, finally actually does some origami and folds this cute little frog and is having fun. Then notices that Hajime is watching her and gets super embarrassed. <laughs> Utsutsu is a good. I like her a lot. I liked the bit from the last episode where Itsutsu was like, I'm so exasperated having to hang out with Hajime, but then Hajime says something about, like, I'll be, like, I'm gonna stick with you and be your best friend. And then, like, her real body that is hanging out with JJ is like, JJ, I can't deal with this girl, she's too nice. She's too nice. I don't get it. <laughs> Itsutsu is yeah, very yeah. fun. So, like, all the versions of her that are outside the cage are presumably clones. Is that why she's able to touch things? Because it's only her real body that kills I was gonna bring. I was going to bring up about how she probably should have accidentally killed a child this episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, like... I think it's only if she it's skin-to-skin contact, I think. Oh, right, but she, like, killed that flower, so... Eh, I don't know, maybe not. I don't know, is it just her main body? Is it skin-to-skin? It's we, definitely not just her main body, because her other, her other, her clones have the same power as her. Hmm. Well, then I this guess, child should be dead. 
Maybe know? it's just like if she doesn't focus on not absorbing things life force, she does it on accident. I could see that. Okay. It's, it's like Rogue, except that if she concentrates, she could not do it. Man, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it would be. It, see, that would be a nightmare in my in my perspective. I feel like because if been... someone handed me a baby and I had to think, "Don't kill the baby, don't kill the baby," the whole time. Shit! Don't kill the <laughs> like, baby. Like that would be pretty awful. Don't yeet the baby. Don't yeet the baby. <laughs> I was just thinking about how there's probably like 15 different times Rogue has been able to control her powers, but it's been retconned every single time. Yeah, because can't actually have any real progress. Like our characters better when they have angst. It can't have any real progress in comics. Yeah, comics does like have a real thing where like you can't necessarily have just like changes that actually, you can't have like development that actually sticks. Yeah, I mean, think free boot of the DC universe like every two years since two thousand eight or something. I think they they've been rebooting Marvel a lot too, from what I understand. But like the weird thing is, like I I don't think Marvel's ever had like a fifty two or like a Flashpoint thing. They had a full continuity reboot at some time in the last couple of years. Did they? Yeah, yeah, because it was like when they absorbed Ultimates into the main universe. Huh. Okay. I'm pretty sure this happened. I mean, okay, probably did. It's just we don't ever. None of us actually pay attention to comics enough. Yeah, I don't read enough comics to say. I used like at, for a couple years there in college. I actually read floppies. This was like when Darkest Night was coming out. And stuff. I, I I like floppies are fun. Like I I picked up um Radiant Black, which is the first issue is real good. What's it's from about? uh it's by uh, I think it's Kyle Higgins. He had a uh, I think he did the Shattered Grid, Grid run on Power Rangers. Man, I'm going to I'm going to feel so bad when I'm completely wrong about this. Cuz like the Power Rangers comics is actually really good. I'm just not caught up with it and I don't know as much as I should. The Power Rangers comics are amazing. Yeah. Oh, really? So they, like they are legit well written. They have a very interesting story. The characters the Lord, are like, fun. They, yeah, they really like do a shit cool stuff with the lore, and it's it's like, all lore from the American TV show. Mm-hmm. None of it. Well, is... and um, they made Hyperforce canon though. Okay, it's but it's it's it is basically American. It's very good though. Like, there's things where there's like the Ranger Corps, where like there's all like these like it's like the military spec and all this stuff. It's really cool stuff. You know, it's highly recommend if you've. If you have a chance and you're interested in Power Rangers at all, Power Rangers specifically, not Sentai, because it's all I mean, power. It, yeah, it's Sentai, yes, but it's focused on, like, the Power Rangers universe. Yeah, I remember back when In Space came out, there was, like, a few things that tied... I mean, that was all in continuity up through In Space, and then Lost Galaxy was the first, like, standalone show. Okay. Right? Am I remembering that right? Um, Sorry, say that again. Like, they were all in continuity with each other up to Lost Galaxy, and then Lost Galaxy was its own separate continuity? Yes. Um, after In Space, the continuity then broke off. Everything up to um, In Space, including In Space, was um, uh, all in the same universe with each other. Yeah. And it didn't help that Lo- In Space and Lost Galaxy kind of sounded similar thematically yeah. until you actually watched them. Okay, so... And okay. Haven't they, they've done some stuff recently where they tied it tied it all back together right i th- could have sworn i heard something about that I, that i don't know about i'm not up to date enough to say okay I but i did sworn in one of the recent shows that they made it like 
Mighty Morphin 2 or something. I mean... They did, like, another dinosaur-themed season. There, there was... Well, yeah, because they adapted um, uh, Kuro Ranger. I can't think of the one, but, yeah, the recent Dinosaur Sentai. But, th- and I mean, th- then they did, like, Megaforce and Super Megaforce, and Super Megaforce was Gokiger, which was the anniversary series, so they kind of had to figure out how to loop all that around. <laughs> that is so confusing. <laughs> Just oh, yeah, just yeah. just wait, just wait till we get to like fucking like common Rider lore with that stuff. It'll be great. <laughs> I mean, we've already sat through Zio. How much more complicated can it get? Um. Anyway, so I was correct. Uh, it is Kyle Higgins, and he did at least write the first Power Rangers comic book event in Shattered Grid, which I brought up. But anyway, he's had his own comic now, which is um, it's called Radiant Black. Uh, Radiant Black. It's kind of it's very like Toku expired asking stuff i think the way that it has been used to describe to people is kind of like power rangers meets like invincible oh that would be fun hmm. invincible is good um but yeah I, the, fir- I've the first i've always heard is- that invincible is good i have kind of a grudge against robert kirkman because i've had to legitimately hear people describe walking dead as like but it's the people who are the Walking Dead. Yeah, deep makes you think, right? And I kind of am mad about Robert Kirk- at Robert Kirkman about it, but I understand that's unfair. Yeah, no. But yeah, Radiant Black's super good. Like the only the first issue's out. The second one should is coming out this month. But it's fun. I mean, basically, it's just kind of like down on his luck. Like thirty something writer has to move back home, finds a finds a thing gets superpowers in like a common Rider-esque suit and goes from there. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it seems like a lot of uh a lot of big comics people have been like uh doing their own creator own stuff over the past decade or so, which you know, hey, good for them. Yeah. Uh, also like also like based in like Illinois, so like I I have some like stupid like locational pride for that. Home home team cheering. Yeah, home team cheering. Should probably finish talking about Gatcha Man though. Look, okay, Chris got me distracted. <laughs> this Sorry. this is some it, it is something that happens all the time to all of us. So not fault, but I'm gonna sit here and like, no, we should probably. It's true. Th- okay, this is what these side episodes are about. It is kind of <laughs> to a certain degree that was our original concept for them. And then it's just no, it's just another. It is just another series that we do on top of our normal <laughs> yeah. series. It's just another show. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, we just piloted just like comet talk on top of it, and it's fine. It works out. Yeah, it's fine. It's a secret podcast. It's not like I've heard anyone podcast. complain about it. Uh, okay, so after uh, the those little character interaction scenes, they go into a tunnel, and ever and Hajime is like, "Yay, tunnel!" For some reason, I wasn't a little unclear on that. Well, one. it it felt to me like it. Were you ever as a kid? Like, I thought it was I thought it was like a thing where they were trying to like kind of like go outside like the network thing and like going through the tunnel like after once they got through that then they were like out of the Galax network. Yeah, out of the network. Uh, it it felt Is to me yeah, maybe. Well, it felt kind of like that and it also kind of felt to me it was like the very very childish. Ooh, something different. Like, oh I, yeah. I, I Yeah, like when a semi drives by you when you're a kid Yeah, and you pull the horn or you you make the motion to try and get the the driver to honk the horn cuz it's something interesting and unique and <laughs> oh hey, it's a big noise making a big thing or we're going underground. Isn't that cool? 
people never go underground. That's so cool. It's Horn just. Go bird. I mean, I do have to admit, I don't think I've ever like, dr- like in Indiana, there are nev- not tunnels that go into the side of mountains or anything. It's, that isn't a thing. Like there, there's. I've done it a couple times. Like when I was driving down the coast or the west coast last year, there were a couple tunnels in some cities, and there's a tunnel or two around here that you drive through for certain areas, and it's always like. I, I can understand because there's always a little thrill of like, ooh, I'm going underground. I might die. <laughs> it might collapse. Ooh. I mean, I assume the excitement isn't, I might die. No, but it's it's the fun thing of like, <laughs> oh, it's something different and new. Okay, so they go into the tunnel and then there's like, uh, the I think the, the guy driving the bus like slams on the brakes to avoid hitting a pileup of cars in front of him because the tunnel has collapsed ahead. Uh, they say there's like 20 cars and 60 people that are trapped under rubble and stuff that need help. Yeah, apparently yep. a section of the tunnel has collapsed. And, uh, oh god, I get And everyone starts panicking right up until, like, I guess Galax is like, hey, help. Yeah, Galax sends out its little, like, hey, you're a nurse. We could really use you for this. And, like, uh, sends messages to everybody. The mayor and the fire dude immediately get in contact with other local city services but they're gonna take like 20 minutes to get there so then we cut over to Rui who is like oh they're not gonna be able to move fast enough with just the people they're helping we have to send in the crowds well it's Rui this is the well it's more like X being that and Rui's like no I don't wanna yeah it's true yeah X is like you have to do a thing you're like you're based on what you have told me you want to do now is the time to do it yeah th- this had been the scene where Rui had basically been lying motionless for two hours was that it uh no that was at the beginning of the episode but it's implied that he's doing it again yeah it's just basically not lying down not really doing anything it's like hey maybe you know there's this thing that happened we might want to deal with it uh, people are bad and i feel bad because an adult yelled at me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, X says, uh, crowds is not the alien's power, crowds is your power. And, uh, you know, casual, like, dozens of casualties are projected unless we do something. And uh, it pops up with messages on his on X's screen from, uh, presumably they're from the 100, where they're, they're all like, we're ready to go, we, we need to help them, so let us do the thing. I'm amazed. Believe in the AI that you created to, that believes in you. I'm kind of amazed how quickly everyone was able to apparently figure out about this collapse. Because it, like, just uh, happened. The power of the internet. I guess so. I mean, I'm guessing the 100 probably get news notifications on... Like, X probably sends them news notifications on things that they might be useful for. Yeah, I can see that. Because, like, uh, the other... Like, all Galax users get notified if they have a skill that could help someone in an area where they are. Yeah, so that's... I'm guessing the 100 just get all of those notifications. Yeah, it's exemplified by there's the one lady in the tunnel who it's... And Galax comes up and is like, Hey, I know you're a nurse. Fucking go help. <gasps> I mean, it's slightly less rude than that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not rude, but it's a thing of like, Hey, you're, you're, you are needed. It's... Please stop being in shock and help people, please. And yeah, it works because she breaks out and is like, all right, time to go help people. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. There's a bit in here where the mayor looks at his phone and uh, 
like Galax has like a projection of time that how long some of the people trapped are going to survive. They're like little bodies filling up with red. And presumably Galax is like, uh, when these they fill up with red, those people are going to be dead. Yeah, I can see that. It is another gamification of the entire situation that I'm like, I, don't, I get it, but oh, it's giving me a nasty taste in my mouth. Yeah, maybe don't gamificate stuff like that. <sighs> yeah. The Gamification's like... another thing where it's like, this is real, like, old-timey internet ideology back when we thought that these things could be neutral neutral tools. I feel like this is, like, the like the point where I bring up, the like, the two-book series of um, Damon and Freedom TM, which totally plays around with the idea of, like, gamifying, like, culture and, like, with, like, AR and stuff. I think you've mentioned this before. Yeah, I think I've mentioned it before too. Like, yeah, I think you brought it up in the first the first time we talked about the show. I I think there's like some, I think like the first couple of chapters have like some kind of bad like edge lord stuff, but after that, I think it's I think it's interesting stuff, and I think there's some good ideas in there. Uh, you know, it also I I didn't I didn't think of this the last time I was talking about the show, but uh, Death Stranding actually totally does this too. This is like the the premise of Death Stranding that people just do things for the likes. Yeah, it's like yeah, I haven't played Death Stranding. That's like commitment and money. It's good. Is it though? I really like yes. it. Yes, yeah. I like. It doesn't sound fun. You're right, <laughs> and I'm not sure it's no. I'm not sure Death Stranding is fun in the sense that most video games are. Death Stranding is satisfying. Like I mean, you do fetch quests in other games. Yeah, so it, like, it is. It's like super fetch quest. The game. It is. It's not a game you play more than once. It's not a game you can really explain. It's just it's satisfying, and the likes. Like it actually does the thing of like, oh, you get the likes, you get the serotonin. Other people are literally using the things you put down. Doesn't that feel good? Yeah, every time I like, that's it, it, super satisfying. Every time you like put down something that you know will be helpful to somebody. You know what? What other game played with those ideas and wasn't just fetch quests? Uh, no. In Nier Automata. Well, it's it's not. Did you actually do things with other online players in Nier Automata? I, I don't think I... I got to that part. I don't want to talk about spoiler things. Yes, oh, yes, okay. the core point of uh, Death Stranding is being a delivery person, but I would not say that the core, th- the the main thing is fetch quest. The main thing is building infrastructure. <laughs> you are literally building roads and zip lines to make delivery paths easier. I mean, that sounds fun. It is. Yeah, like there. I mean, it's an extremely literal interpretation of like what society is like building infrastructure so people can get things they need there, like infrastructure sounds fun there but is like, an immense amount of satisfaction about clambering up an entire mountain to plant a zip line on top of it so that you never have to climb that mountain again i know the feeling when you unlock the electromagnetic zip lines is so incredibly good it's just like i'll be able to make delivery so much faster I don't, now you mean i don't have it to feels fucking, really good i don't have to touch the ground at all okay cool maybe, oh, man maybe it'll be like game. a ps plus game one day and i'll play it 
hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Well, I actually heard that they were. Uh, there's like a definitive edition in the works or something soon. That'll be interesting. So, I might actually be willing to play it again because, like, I did enjoy it a lot. I don't know. I, I it definitely I... felt like there was more room with like, uh, with uh, the main character and Mads and BB. Like, there was a lot of room for development there that they didn't really get to. Yeah, I don't know about anything. I don't think I've ever played like a G- Kojima game to completion. <laughs> yeah, not even Zone of the Enders. It's like super okay. short. No, I did beat Zone of the Enders. Um, there's some bullshit in Zone of the Enders, though. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's true. I have a friend who like Zone of the Enders too is like his favorite game, but it's a good game. It's pretty good, yeah. Though that one fight where you have to. Where the main character from the first game comes back and he's in a ship that can turn into the Vic Viper from the Gradius. That fight is extreme bullshit. I mean, but like the way you describe that sounds dope as fuck. (laughs) It's cool, yes, but it's also some real bullshit. It is is cool. It is also bullshit. I I guess I just never put together that Kojima did Zone of the Unders. Yeah, it's one of his early ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, he totally did that. Huh, he made a good game. That is that is he's, all Kojima baby. He's made a he couple loves good his games. mecha anime. Uh, I, I mean, so far it's it's been it's one in my book. Don't even like Metal Gear Solid Three. I've I cannot play a Metal Gear Solid game to completion. I I don't stealth. Have you played Revengeance? I played a little bit of it, okay. but not like a super large amount. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I love platinum games, so like Revengeance. Revengeance is like pro. I don't. I think I don't think about it a lot, but it's probably one of my favorite games ever. It's a good one. I love Kojima stuff, and Platinum games are amazing. And that final boss fight is just like, is just like everything. It's just what the world turned into. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really fucking weird how on the money Senator Armstrong was. Re- <laughs> re- Senator Armstrong and the entire concept of Revengeance was. That game was in 2013. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's he literally wild. got. He literally says Donald Trump's campaign slogan in his final boss speech. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> it's. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you can imagine just Donald Trump got up on stage. Nanomachine, son! <laughs> That's extremely believable. I'm surprised he didn't have the that one time where he was like, "I have the healthiest body." I'm surprised he didn't have his doctor say that. Because his doctor would have been like, "No, no." Well, I mean, he lied for him. Otherwise, he was like, "Yeah, he's the healthiest old guy I've ever met," which is, I mean, we know he doesn't eat anything other than like McDonald's and shit, so that's clearly not the case. <sighs> and he doesn't believe in exercise, so. Let's, uh, let's, yeah. let's finish up and gotcha man <laughs> instead of commiserating about the state of our country yeah, yeah why not that part you know the state of the world is better when you can hit it with a cool laser katana you know very much so i thought you just had a regular katana in revengeance it is uh, it is a high frequency blade meaning that yeah it's so it's a fiber blade i got it yep. you can stop yeah it's a fiber yep, blade it's a fiber blade <laughs> I'm stopping that before there's like a 15 minute thing explaining to me how this vibroblade works. Oh, you see, Garrett, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta a little motor look, look, inside of it. Norm- normally, I'd be into hearing about it, 
but we should probably finish this episode, yeah, we should. and then you can <laughs> tell me about it. pretty much at the end. Like, the last thing that happens is, after everyone's like, oh shit, we're not gonna be able to move fast enough, we're all helping, we're trying to figure out the situation, uh, Rui shows up with the crowds, and uh, there's an extremely cool shot, as like, all the, the weird crowd soul pixely monsters drop in. And Rui's like standing with them and says there's play the game catchphrase. Uh, and then the last bit is Hajime. I don't think that catchphrase is good, by the way. It is a terrible catchphrase. I think yeah. it's a cool catchphrase. Well, it's, okay. It's a cool catchphrase, but what it implies is not good. It's it's like, okay, yeah, no, this is a game. No, it's not, Rui. It's, it's real life. Yeah, I mean, hey. Yeah. I don't I'm know. just saying, like, Game Start would have been better, and they've we've proven that in shows like Kamen Rider x <gasps> Boom! Looped around. <laughs> uh, okay. I think it's a cool catchphrase. But anyway, Hajime is standing there, and she's like, the well, um, the other Gachiman characters are like, let's turn on our amnesia effects and help. And they're like, wait, the amnesia effects are already active? What is going on? Uh, so th- What does it mean? Yeah. Hajime is immediately like, I think that they are using Gachaman powers too, because she's the only one who Un- is smart at all. Pretty much. And so she she turns into her Gachaman form and runs towards the, well, the crowds to like help out with the co- collapse and everything. Right before that, like there is an explosion that happens that causes like the 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 police ch- there's a scene where the police chief the fire chief uh the lady cop and the i don't know what the other ladies helicopter lady oh helicopter lady are all walking deeper into the tunnel cuz they're like okay so we got to get everybody out we got to get everybody out of the deeper parts of the tunnel before more of it collapses um and it is a nice th- it's a nice way of showing that okay yeah no in an these char- the the two ladies especially, but these characters may be like when everything's calm, they're bitching at each other and fighting. But in the moment of okay, no, there's a crisis, things have to go down. They all come together and work well, very well. And the stuff that had been points of contention I mean, like, before were points of pride. Yeah, there, there's definitely a moment of like these people are also real heroes. I mean, they also, like, foreshadowed this before, because, like, the mayor's just like, yeah, when it comes down to it, we work together fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then it happens. Yeah, but the- yeah. I, in the last episode, there was the bit where Hajime asked the, the fire guy in the bookstore, like, if the world was on fire, would you come save me? And he, he says yes, and they're like, that's why we need things other than the internet. Pretty much. <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, they're going deeper into the tunnel, and something happens that causes an explosion, or it collapses. Uh, X said something earlier about the there being a potential for the cars exploding. So yeah, but something explodes, and we see that that group of four is like running back. It's like, hey, no, be- fuck! It's all exploding. Get down! And everybody gets blown up, and then it's uh, Hajime and Suguru are both on the ground. And Hajime stands up and is like, I'm going to use my Gachaman. No, Hajime, don't use your Gachaman. That's bad. No, I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's like, uh, don't, not listening. Ha- haven't you ever had a situation where you just start acting without thinking? That's what heroes do. All right, cool. Bye. Zoom. <laughs> and the last bit is uh, Rui seeing her and realizing that Gachaman are a real thing that exists. I'm like, I don't. 
Rui seems to be having some sort of revelation that I'm not sure I understand. Like, what is it just that the gotcha? Oh, wait, no, it's specifically earlier. Rui was like, no, gotcha men don't exist. That's stupid. Yeah. He was like, there aren't, superheroes aren't real. Uh, this is an urgent urban legend, probably fake. It's like, no, no, they're real. They exist. Yeah. So we get to see uh, next step of Rui's existential crisis next episode, presumably. Yeah, I, I am very much interested to see what's going to happen in the next episode, where it's like, no, Rui, this is a thing that's going down. You're going to have to deal with it. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, because they're already seeming to be mentally not... I, I want... <laughs> almost said mentally unstable it's like no not mentally unstable it's you your your worldview has been shook shattered not shattered yet i'd say but severely shook <laughs> shooketh oh uh, yeah that's that's gotcha man for this week yeah that is the episode this and show can, only like i took a billion tangents yeah, that's fine it happens sometimes i mean so does the show yeah, like, and by tangents, I mean changes what it wants to be about every episode. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think they've been pretty clear about what it's been the whole no, time. Yeah, the, the main overarching plot has been the same, but it feels like... We, they just go through like so many other ideas, yeah, though. It feels like this show has a bunch of different routes that it had planned out, and instead of just traveling oh, down... Oh, like it's a... Like it's an early 2000s visual novel adaptation? Yeah, like, it, it doesn't feel like there we're going down one straight route, pa one straight path. It feels kind of like we're jumping from path to path, and it all, it's all close enough that it works, and it's fine. But it's just a little, it feels a little disjointed. There's just a lot of like, no, wait, but talk about that. It's like, nope, we're moving on. All right, is it going to come back later? Maybe. I mean, the the noise aren't really going to come back because they weren't that important. They were just like a random inconvenience. The, they, the noise existed to show that, no, guess what, everybody? <laughs> Hajime is the smart person here. That, a lot of these characters have extremely dumb perspectives on the world. Hajime is the only smart one. Okay, let's <laughs> go. Yep, it's, it is basically her show. That is true. Which... Yep. Is fine because Hajime is a fun character, and I like hearing I like seeing her and hearing about her. Yeah, if we ever do the second season, it's like super different because it's mostly about like a new Gachaman character who isn't confident in themselves at all. Is and it Rui? No, no, it's a it's a new character called Subasa. Huh. No. Oh. Uh, Ruri does also have their own Gotcha Man costume and stuff in second season, though. Yeah, that figures. Uh, yeah, I mean, that. I mean, they have a note. Yeah. And, like, an alien shows up and turns into. And then, like, the alien is a super weird commentary on, like, the Shinzo Abe government. Oh, Jesus. Alright. <laughs> so yeah, like season two is much more down to earth in a weird way. Huh. So I'll just slot that in with like the the Shin Godzilla department. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's extremely Shin Godzilla, actually. Uh, you're making me sound like the second season's gonna be dope as fuck then. I I like the first one a little more, but you know, hey. I the second one's fun too. Eh, we may get there eventually. 
Like, I love me some Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla is really good. And oh man, I non sequitur. Godzilla versus King Kong is coming out soon. Non sequitur. I'm, I'm disgusted that people put Kong on the same level as Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> I I, mean, I don't think it's good. They are but... no, no. Kong is an interesting. It's like good character, good good fun stuff. Yeah, big monkey, okay, or big ape, not monkey, but yeah, okay, big ape, fun fun. But not an allegory. Kong is not an allegory for nuclear war like Godzilla is. Uh, but but Evan, like Godzilla versus Kong is not sp- supposed to be about commentary. It's it's big monsters fight. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, the the King Kong movie itself and like the Peter Jackson remake, those are about the allure of the unknown. They're about how like the unknown is seductive and dangerous. Like that's that's what those movies are about. Sometimes it's better just to leave shit alone. Yeah, I mean, uh, Skull Island did a pretty decent job of that too. Honestly, like we watched that one recently, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, the the all the all the King Kong movies that I have seen that have come out fairly like recently that aren't the fucking fifties one are all pretty good. Do you know what's not good? But I still had enjoyment value of watching it. Rampage. I did not watch. That I didn't. Movie. Yeah, I have not seen that. I, I, I think it's worth the watch. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll like give it's. A try. It's not good. It's just a fun, dumb monster movie. Watch these monsters destroy a city. Uh, it's not necessarily that. <laughs> I mean, The Rock is in it. It's just a really weird video game movie. All right. That that throws in the arcade cabinet of Rampage just so you know that it's based off the video Jeez, game. They just have the actual arcade cabinet in there. Yes, Jesus. like multiple times, and I'm just like, yes, I get it. That's why I'm watching <laughs> this movie. Uh, that just definitely feels to me like it, the assumption that most viewers are stupid, and you know what? You're not wrong. So. <laughs> Yeah, like the okay, the the Hideaki Anno fan in me puts Shin Godzilla at like a ten out of ten, and then probably King King of the Monsters are probably like a nine. God, I love King of the Skull Monsters Island so much. Like I I don't like King of the Monsters that much. I didn't think it was that good of a film. It, I think it's a really good movie, but I I am of the opinion with King of the Monsters that it's like it is. It was trying to be some sort of serious movie when it just needed to be a fucking big monster godzilla movie i think it, just like the it's best the first time when they were like let's do a hollywood godzilla movie and it felt like what that concept promises because the yeah. first two definitely fucking weren't i guess i just don't like what that what a hollywood godzilla film would look like yeah i mean hey uh know. i think I'm like, like the i think like the Buster. the mothra parts were like the best part of that film Mothra. I my favorite was the King Ghidorah bits. I love King Ghidorah in that movie. King Ghidorah is so one good. dumbass head. Anyway, before this turns into like Gotcha Man episode five and a review of you know King of the Monsters, oh, yeah. we should probably end this podcast. We've already talked about King of the Monsters a fair amount. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's 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 finish up and get out of here. So I started is... playing Xenosaga since you guys were talking about it last time we recorded. It's a fun game. It I is. I mean, I. I wait. I thought you were playing Xenoblade Chronicles. 
No, yeah, I mean, I yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles was what I was playing. Yes, but you said you said Xenosaga. I know because I get them mixed up because they all have the same That's prefix fair. on their names. I, I don't. I, like I, I know, like I'm in the minority. I, I can't get into Xenoblade Chronicles one. I think X is an amazing game, and I think two is kind of just mediocre. And I also couldn't get into it. The problem is nobody played X. X is really good though, uh, no, Evan. You, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm X saying X is some of the coolest fucking twists. I'm saying it is shackled to the Wii U, and nobody played yeah. it. I hooked my Wii U back up just so I could play Xenoblade Chronicles. I hadn't, uh, I, I mean, I don't have a regular Wii, so. Uh. X is real cool. Switch version of like the X. definitive edition on Switch of Xenoblade Chronicles is nice. I didn't even know they released a definitive yep. version. Yeah. It's got all the DLC, and it's got extra, you can freely manipulate there's a, your levels. There's DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles? Yep. What was it, the DLC? It's an after story. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I'll probably just... There's also a thing where, hey, do you maybe feel like you're getting a bit too strong for the area you're in? Okay, because you've been doing all the side quests? All right, you can freely manipulate your level down and lock it, and oh, hey, all the extra experience you would have gotten will just gather up, and you can just level yourself up and down to your max level. Oh man, that I love that feature in the World Ends with You where lowering your level increases your drop rate. That's such a cool feature. Anyway, this is a podcast on the internet at journeythroughthedeckcast.com where there are links to all of the podcatchers. There's Twitter links for myself and Chris as well as the network Twitter. There's an email that you can email us at. And next week we'll probably talk about Ryuki. Yep. Yuki is good time. Yeah, I, I am glad we're at a point where it's like, no, all the series we're doing are enjoyable and fun, and I don't have to sit here and be angry at it. I mean, we got there as soon as we stopped watching Kiva. Yeah, it's just I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, this is nice. <laughs> we're talking about Kiva was a... Per- um, can't even finish the sentence. Kiva was not a good show. It was. It's not good. Yeah, it's not. God, remember that stinger with the Neo vampires and how fucking ballsy that was? Here's the sequel, babe. I'm sorry, you're never going to get this. Anyone cared at that point? I mean, at least we got at least we got the actor of a Toya back in build. <laughs> yeah. Neo Fangire, yeah. Like, we, we got Grease, so I mean, like, that's cool. Grease is so good. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next time. Did, did you see that thing I posted on the uh, Discord where there's like a line of anime girls with weapons that are, they like share a design with the, the girl, and I saw someone posing them with Decade because that's like the thing he does? Yeah, I, I responded to it. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought that was really funny, honestly, and it, an extremely obscure joke that very few people will get. I got it. I, I, I did the oh no. I thought it was funny. Okay, well, I'm glad that you thought it was funny. There's probably, like, 50 people who know that one immediately. I was one of them. Okay, so yeah, we should probably Uh, stop recording. Yeah, yeah, um, we've just been a passing through podcast, remember that. Bye, everybody. Yep, later, y'all. Change the world in good ways.